Bava Matziah, Perik Ches, Mishnah Ches, 8.8, and the Mishnah continues to discuss uh, legal concerns between a landlord and a tenant who's renting. Here, the Mishnah is concerned with the possibility of there being an extra month in the year, because the Jewish calendar, of course, can have a leap year, and in the leap year, we had an extra month, having 13 instead of 12 months. So the question is, how does it affect the rent? So the Mishnah says, Hamaskir bais lechavero lishana. If a landlord rents to a tenant a home for a year, and then nisabra hashana, and then the bezin chooses to add a month to the year, because in the time of the mission it was uncertain whether or not there would be a 13-month year or a 12-month year, and that decision was made in the late winter, so it's uncertain at the time. Nowadays, of course, we have a fixed calendar. Every 19 years, you have seven leap years, so it's more predictable. It's predictable. It's firmly predictable. But in the Mishnah, it wasn't. So the question is, who gets the benefit of that additional month? Nisabra l'socher. Says the Mishnah, the benefit accrues to the tenant, to the renter. Meaning that the case is, the landlord said, I'll rent you, you know, for the calendar year, Tashin pay Dalid. You can have this apartment, and the person t- takes it. So that being the case... Um, he gets it for that full calendar year, regardless of whether it's 12 or 13 months. So if there's 13 months, he basically gets one month free. Um, if the agreement is, I'll rent it to you for a year, and as opposed to the year, this year, but a year, and you know the tenant's moving in on the you know the 1st of July, so then there's actually a big machlokas rishonim. If when a person says for a year, starting the 1st of July, if what he means, or the 1st of Shvat, if what he means is... Uh, till the anniversary, till the next 1st of Shvat, 1st of July, or if he means a year is 12 months, and he meant 12 months, and therefore if there's a 13-month, of course, he wanted to add a month's rent. So because of that, there's a Machlokas Roshonim, which actually is brought down all the way to uh, the Shulchan Aruch. Now, on the other hand, Hiskilo L'Chadashim, if the rent was set by the month, you're paying me $100 a month for rent, and then this Abra Hashana, they add a 13th month of the year, so then... The benefit accrues to the landlord, of course, meaning that the tenant pays rent in full for that month because it's a monthly thing regardless of how many months there are in the year. Now we have a story. Now this story really um, is built on the fact that we have a contract between a, a, a landlord and tenant, and the contract mentions both years and months. So here the Mishnah says, It happened in Tzipori. A guy rented a bathhouse. B'shnei masar zahab l'shana, medinar zahab l'chodesh. The contract stipulated it would be, the rental would be 12 golden coins a year, one golden coin per month. So now, the first half of that sentence sounds like it's a yearly thing, and that would be true, it's 12 golden coins, whether 12 or 13 months. But the second half of the sentence sounds like it's a monthly thing. And if there's 13 months, then it would be 13 golden coins. So there's a machlokas and uncertainty, therefore, that spreads throughout the cult or kula, which is if you have a contract um, or other statement where there's two parts and the first part contradicts the second part, do we go after the first part of the second part? Um, and that being the case, this question was brought. Ubamas lefnei rabban shimon ben gamliel velefnei rabbi yosi. This shaila between the in the tzipori bathhouse was brought before these two gedolei olam, you know, to pass in the shaila. And vaamru, uh, and they said yachaloku esa chodesh ha'ibor. They said you'll divide the extra month, meaning um, you'll give half a gold coin rent for that extra month. So they're 
pulling the Sumchus card. Sumchus has appeared many times in this parak already. Whose principle is mamon hamutal besafek yachaloku? When you have a situation in which the bezin doesn't know um, to whom to give some money, so then we divide it between the two plaintiff and, and defendant. You know, the two litigants, um, fifty-fifty. So that's what the Mishnah says, and that is Simchasashita, but of course I've said already repeatedly, the halacha is not like Simchas, the halacha is like the Chachamim, which is that Hamotim Machavera Lavaraya, the person who's coming to extract, he's the one who has to bring proof so he can extract something from the Muchsuk, the person who has, you know, the status quo, who, who retains things in his, in his rights, in his possession. And so therefore the din would be Hamotim Machavera Lavaraya. Now, this is very fascinating, uh, and what you're thinking about for a second. When you when I translate Hamotza Machaver Lavaraya, almost invariably I translate it as the one who's coming to extract money from his fellow has to bring proof in order to do so, because um, that's usually the case. But here, actually, what's the din? The din is, what does that mean, Hamotza Machaver Lavaraya? Who's going to pay rent or not pay rent? The answer is, the tenant has to pay rent in full to the landlord. How is that Hamotza Machaver Lavaraya? The Neither one can bring a proof of what the contract means. So we're saying the din is the tenant has to pay. Why don't we say the tenant doesn't have to pay? Because it sounds like the landlord is extracting money out of his pocket. And the answer is because what a motzimachavera lavaraya means is that we always maintain what's called, what I translate in English as the status quo, the chazaka. So that means that if we can say we, we, want to mean, we won't uproot the status quo, the Chazaka, um, as the Bezdin, if we don't have proof to do so. So if you recall a couple of Mishnahites go back, and Mishnah Dad had the case of, you know, we're not sure if the cow gave birth to this little calf before or after the Chalip and the transaction happened. So I said, if it's the, the baby calf is in the yard of one of the two, he gets to keep it. And if it's in the Hefker in the middle, so then we have to hold up the status quo, which is the Marakama, the original owner, was the first owner of that cow. So the same kind of thing is happening over here. They're disputing rights, not over the payment of the rent, they're disputing over who has the rights to be in this apartment. The landlord says, this is my apartment, and if you want to stay here, you have to pay. And the tenant is saying, no, I have rights to be here because I rented it for the year, so I'm allowed to be here. So in that case, who's the muhzak? Um The answer is that there's not anything to be physically holding on to. It's an apartment. Um, so the end, and we'll see more about this in the coming proclamations within Bava Basra about what it means to be a mochzak in terms of um, real estate because no one can hold on to it physically at all. So therefore, we go back to like Marakama. We go back to who's the original owner, who, and with the that's the status quo. In this case, the status quo is the landlord. It's his apartment for sure. He owns it, no doubt about it. And therefore, the tenant would have no rights to claim, have any claim to stay there rent free unless he can bring a proof. He can't bring a proof, and therefore the mochzak is the landlord, and therefore the tenant gets to stay, but he has to pay rent for that extra month. And that will be the din of the halakha.